Yo, 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 yo. Let's go. It's the Great Debate Show with me, your host, Jarvis Jeffries, along with Terrence Smith. What's good? Nick Ely. What it do? It's the good guys, and we back and better than ever, baby, in the building on a Tuesday, an early Tuesday. Hope everybody uh, had a great holiday weekend. Uh, hope everybody had a happy holidays and you got to, you know, have some good fun, some good times with your loved ones. That's what it's all about. And a happy new year is uh, approaching. So, guys, uh, football, we had a lot going on on Saturday. A sprinkle, they sprinkled a little bit more in on Sunday, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day football action. A lot of NBA action on Christmas Day. We're going to get into all of that. Was John Morant's comments a little... Uh, a little, you know, too, a little too premature. The Golden State Warriors definitely uh, took that personal, and they let the Grizzlies have it on a uh, Christmas Day game or Christmas night game in San Francisco. And there was a lot of jawing going on. We're going to talk about it. A lot of jawing. Uh, but mainly Draymond Green and Dylan Brooks, they just really do not like each other. But um, we're going to talk about what Clay said also after the game about the Grizzlies. Uh, also, uh, these playoffs, man, the playoff picture, it's looking crazy, y'all. It's changing every week, week by week. Mm-hmm. So we've got so much to talk about, man. Uh, the Eagles and the Cowboys, the big Christmas Day game, or it should have been big. You know, it's very disappointing on how we've had these two matchups and both games. One of the teams were missing their starting quarterback. If we see them a third time and both quarterbacks play, we will finally see how it will go. But how do we predict how we will go when we really haven't gotten to see that even in two tries? We're going to discuss all of that and more. But first, let's get to the breaking news. The Denver Broncos finally fired their head coach, former head coach now that is, Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, guys, uh, I know this will pretty much be – I know this will be pretty fast. But give me – Surprise. All yeah. <laughs> right. Well, give me your go ahead, T. Give me your take on on this firing Ooh. and what the Denver Broncos are going to do next. Um, well, first of all, about the the job that Nathaniel Hackett was supposed to do, man. Listen to me; he still owes them money, and I, I'm I'm guessing they'll probably still have to pay him something for the duration the duration of the contract. But man, to me, he was never qualified for that job. If if you have to come in and hire a a, 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 someone to help the head coach out with, with time management, with clock management. To me, at that point, you know, hey, you can't work. I'm sorry. Uh, this is not going to work. You can you can take a demotion and run the offense and we'll bring somebody else to run the team or, you know, whatever the case may be. But Nathaniel Hackett was never, should have never even been offered that job. Uh, and honestly, you got to question the person that offered the job, and I'm sure that the Broncos are doing that now. As far as what they should do, um, it's a lot easier to fire the head coach than it is to trade your $200 million quarterback or cut him because that's going to cost you too much money and you'll never get any of your value back if you try and trade him. So the best thing you can do is to try to bring someone in, either a head coach or, or a head coach and or an offensive, uh, good offensive coordinator that will can, uh, contour the offense around Russell's skill set. Uh, I don't know who that could be. I know a lot of people are throwing the name Sean Payton out there, but I do think that uh, they have to really sit down and figure out, hey, how do we make this team with Russell Wilson work? Because they are uh, stuck with him. 
as for Nathaniel Hackett, I'm sure he'll find a job somewhere as an OC. I don't think he's a bad OC. He he did pretty good. I think he was in Green Bay before. Um, yeah, uh, before he got to Denver, and you know, and Aaron Rodgers had two back to back MVP seasons. So, um, you know, he'll find he'll find work somewhere, and you know, and and as an offensive coordinator. If I'm the Ravens, I would just I would bring him in and give him a look this offseason. Okay. Okay. You know? Yeah. Just to change just to change stuff. Even if you just bring him in as a passing game coordinator. Or, he's better or than Greg like Roman. Just to, you know? He's better than Greg Roman. Yeah. yeah. He's better than what that's, you got. Uh, well, at some point we have to we have to become different at some point. Yeah, there you go. Yep. You know. Yeah. So uh yeah. I, I would I would, you know, I would consider bringing him in. I'm just my point is that I don't think he is a bad football mind. I just think that he was a little overwhelmed by becoming a head coach. And who knows, 10 years from now, maybe he can try this again. Um, you know, we, we just saw that with McDaniels, even though McDaniels is still not great at it. But, uh, you know, he, he took the job. Right, it's not a good argument, well, well, my point is that, you know, some, he, he had to go back to New England. And somewhere down the line, he got another shot. And I think that Hackett might be able to get another shot. Down the line, that's a long way down that line, though. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. I, I agree with Terrence. What he said in the beginning, you know, this this really should have been over as soon as you had to hire hire a head coach, then coach the head coach. You know, once, once that once that's what you need, uh, you know, somebody doesn't doesn't need to have their job. And so, uh, you know, like you guys said this was long overdue. Uh, and as Terrence said, he'll he'll get a job as office coordinator, passing game coordinator, quarterback coach. Something along those lines. Uh, coaching fraternity obviously is very tight, so uh, he won't be out of work too long. But uh, but yeah, the head coach job was clearly was entirely too much for him. Uh, different going forward. If they could somehow get Sean Payton to come do it, I think that would probably be your best bet um, in terms of having a coach who's used to playing with an undersized quarterback um, with a, with a good enough arm, uh, you know, who has a good mind for the game. Which I think are things that are true of both Russell Wilson and obviously uh, Sean Payton's previous quarterback, Drew Brees. Uh, but the problem there, from what I think, what we discussed is that uh, Big Fangio was also a previous coach in Denver, and uh, maybe he's not so much wanting to go back there. Um, but he's rumored to be on uh, on Sean Payton's staff, so we'll see if that's a mendable fit. Um, if so, if I'm Denver, I'm absolutely making Sean Payton my first phone call and uh, my first visit, you know, to get in front of him and try to try to get his name on the dotted line. Okay. All right. Well, I agree with both of you, both of you for the most part in this. I would say that maybe not Sean Payton, though, uh, and for the reason what you just said, Nick, if Vic Fangio doesn't want to go back there, then he probably won't. Uh, but And then again, I'm hearing this job is not that attractive right now. I don't know if it's because of the quarterback play, because of the lack of uh, talent on the roster or on the offense. I don't know. It's something that they don't believe in offensively or defensively. The defense doesn't look bad to me. But, but the offense, their offense really lack talent, though? Huh? Does their offense really lack talent, though? I, I don't, I'm not sure, to be honest with you, because I didn't – from what I saw, it looks like Judy is not who I thought he was. But then again, I could be wrong. Maybe it is the quarterback. Right. Uh, then again, uh, Sutton, I'm not sure about him either. I'm thinking that they're not as talented, but still, when you're as good as we thought Russ, Russell Wilson is or were, then you he he would just make them better. So I'm confused. Well, I, I, so I, I say that. So, so think about think about like even how you were talking before the season. You were like, all right. I mean, before before this season started, 
I think we all would agree we would put Russell Wilson probably as a as a fringe top ten quarterback, right? Maybe he's eleven, maybe he's eight or nine, but we definitely have him right in that top ten before this season, right? Yeah. I think we all would have agreed that uh, Jerry Judy and Corlin Sutton were one of the better young receiver duos in the league. You know, just from a title perspective, we'd have looked at that and gone, yeah, you know, most teams would take that as your one and two um, if you got a young team that you're building, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's not as if they forgot how to play football. You know, it's, you got I would look at it and think maybe Nathaniel Hackett was the problem. He couldn't employ that those those skill sets and those talents in the way that best optimize them. Okay. Yeah, I would, yeah. I, would, okay. I would definitely agree with that, too. That uh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I think Russell Wilson does deserve some blame. But um, I, I, just, I just think that Nathaniel Hackett was just to- totally, completely in over his head. And uh, yeah. there was not – there was not – there wasn't anything that Russell could do to um, overcome that. Would you guys say that this is a an, an attractive job to, to look at or no? I mean, it can't yeah, be. I think, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think it's a two-part problem. Um, a, if you if you are one who believes that Russell Wilson has lost it to some extent, um, then obviously you know you, you know the the, the biggest hit inch pin for you having an attractive uh, coaching job offer is if you have a quarterback in place. Uh, I think the second thing obviously is that you play in the AFC West, and until further notice, that shit seems to belong to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. So. You know, it can be attractive if you think if you do think that if you don't think that Russell Wilson has lost it, um, because like I said, they do have some some attractive, talented young receivers. Um, but like I said, you know, if, you know, you got to deal with with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Chiefs twice a year, and nine times out of ten, those guys are probably going to be sitting at the top of your division. Then uh, you know that that may would uh, may would deter some people if you don't feel like you have a guy that can match him. Right. I think that, and I know Harbaugh said he's he's staying at Michigan, but I think this is the perfect job for him. It's another similar situation to where if he were to take over New England, where you've got a decent defense already, because those corners, Patrick Sertain and those other guys, man, those are some dogs. They can play corner. You know, though they got some DBs in Denver. Let's not get it twisted. They've got a decent D-line, a front seven. It's just the offense was terrible. So um, I don't know why. Some people are saying it's not such an – it's not that – good of a job it doesn't look like it's the the best destination right now but Harbaugh could take that and he can do the same things that he did with the 49ers the offense not too good Alex Smith not that good I can work with it you know and he he did wonders with Alex Smith I think that a lot of what Alex Smith did to kind of uh, rejuvenate his career hey that had to do with a lot of Harbaugh had a lot to do with that and I think he could do the same here. It seems like Russell Wilson needs to make over because this was a terrible season and he would love to forget. And I think that, you know, with maybe maybe with Harbaugh and a good coaching staff, good quarterback coach, he can do that. And what better person that could do that than somebody who played quarterback? And Jim Harbaugh, he done that. And I think that's why he helped Alex Smith. He helped Colin Kaepernick for the time being. And, you know, we got – I mean, Harbaugh never won the big one, but he definitely has his teams compete every week, each and every Sunday – he can coach. I have to give him that. Not, you know, not sure what his philosophy is other than hard nosed football. We're gonna run the football and we're gonna play right. defense. But he was he was pretty good. I mean, this is the guy who who knew these people are not gonna know what hit them when I hit this this read option and put Colin Kaepernick in his pistol. That's what he drafted him for. Nobody knew what was going on with that for a minute. He almost got a Super Bowl out of it. I don't think he thought that that was gonna last forever, but 
he knew at the time being, I got a real chance in winning the big one here, and he could have gotten one or two out of it. He just fell short on doing that. But uh, I don't know. There, there are some coaches out there. I just don't know if the young coaches or the first-time coaches like uh, Eric B. Enemy, I don't know why I keep saying his name. He or Bob Malefra still is not going to give me jobs. Bring up, like, is, is this the opportunity for B. Enemy? That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if they should take – uh, I don't know if they should take that. I, I I wish they could take something a lot more settled, you know, like the New Orleans job. The New Orleans is still not a bad job to take, in my opinion. They just got hit with injuries. But if they don't like what Dennis Allen is doing, if they want to bring in a new Sean Payton, another young, innovative, offensive guy, that would be something that Eric B. Enemy should entertain, him or Byron Leftwich, before this Denver job. Because some people may think it's a circus right now. Remember, you got some of the players, you don't know who who is behind Russell, and some of them are like, screw Russell. I mean, it just seems like the locker room's divided. And then the general manager, he's about to probably be gone. They're looking at him right now. Uh, George Payton, Patton, or whatever that is, the general manager right now, he's under an, uh, he's being looked right now in a scope, and he's put it out there and let it be known that, yeah, this may be it for, for me, too, at the, end of, at the end of the season. So Denver is going through a rebuild mode, and they can't get out of Russell's contract, as T was already stating earlier, and I don't know. Who knows? Um, maybe Chip Kelly will come back to the NFL and, and just t- destroy it, make it worse. And, you know, I don't know. As long as you're not coaching in Philly, I don't give a damn what Chip Kelly's doing. Right, right. Same here. Same here, but I'm now, but we don't need that back in the NFL again. We don't. Uh, I don't know. We'll see where he goes, but let's get into these football games. And uh, we got so many of them that were pretty good, pretty big playoff implications. And I want to ask you guys why we're why we're not, I would say, I, I wouldn't say we don't respect them because we do respect them. But we don't talk about them enough, and I don't think any of us fear them. But the Minnesota Vikings just continue to put up these points and come back and come back and put together these drives, these key clutch drives. Whether whether Kirk Cousins has anxiety or not, the man is balling. He's putting up good numbers too. This is a year. I know what Mahomes is doing. I know what Jalen Hurts was doing before the shoulders before the shoulder sprain. But damn it, Justin Jefferson is putting up Randy Moss, T.O. Marvin Harrison all in one type numbers. I mean, God, my God. Why are we not talking about the Minnesota Vikings? The Minnesota Vikings, um, who did they just beat now? Who did they just play? Because it looked like they were going to dr- drop they another beat one. The Giants. They beat the Giants. It looked like the Giants were going to get this one. The, we, we we all went with the Giants. We were almost right. But the Vikings, somehow, some way, they just keep fighting back. They just keep crawling back. And they're never out of a game. Why are we not, you know, talking about them more? It seems like you can never put them away. They are damn near undefeated in any of these one-score games. They do not lose them. Now, when they lose, they lose. But these close games, they just keep punching back, and they finally – they always get the TKO. Uh, I just want to just say they beat the Giants. They're still the number two seed. The Niners are trying to get this number two seed. They've let it be known. They're they're shooting for it. But every time we think we've got it, the Vikings pull off the win. Anyway, we're right there waiting on it. But they keep winning. Guys, what's up? What y'all think about the Minnesota Vikings? Uh, so we'll talk Vikings-Giants if you want to give your analysis on that game. But most so, I just want to hear about the Vikings just for a second. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, the Vikings, go ahead, Nick. Yeah, so I mean, the Vikings is, is, is actually a, it's a 
it's a 180 flip from what they were last year. I think I was listening to it, and they said last year they lost like nine games uh, by one score or less, and, and this year they won 11 uh, mm. by one score or less. And so, um, you know, uh, if, I, if I remember correctly, I think they, they, they did hire a new coach this year. Um, if I remember correctly, or hired him before last year. And so, you know, in his second season, he's kind of got him to buy in to where they're, they're winning those close games. Um, and as far as the Justin Jefferson situation, I mean, I, I think I I think I approached that a couple of weeks ago saying, you know, hey, this guy is, is really, you know, on the verge of doing something special here. You know, he, before the season, he came out and said that he felt like he would be considered the best receiver in the league uh, when this season was over with. And, and with two weeks left in the year, I mean, it's, it's hard to argue with. Uh, I believe he's leading the league in yards. He's leading the league in catch. You know, he's about to turn around and win the Triple Crown the same way that Cooper Cup did, uh, but in a different offense and one that, you know, he may not necessarily get, you know, six, seven, eight targets at the line of scrimmage per game where, where he's racking up easy catches. You know, he's racking his all up, you know, down the field. I think he's also fifth in yards yards per catch, uh, you know, on the season. So, um, I mean, he's a guy that, that he's doing nothing but going out there and making plays. Um, you know, he's, he's, I think, 209 yards or something like that from uh, breaking Calvin Johnson's record of 1941 that he said uh, back in, what, 2016, I believe it was. Um, and so, you know, you know, look at a guy, like, you know, look at what he's doing. Which is I ridiculous. I completely agree. He should be in the conversation. Uh, I think, it'd be, you know, it's always going to be hard to put a receiver as the MVP, particularly over a quarterback, um, especially one that's about to throw for another 5,000 yards this year. It looks like in Patrick Mahomes or – he responds Jalen Hurts if he's back for these last two games. Uh, but uh, but if there was going to be one, Justin Jefferson is definitely one I would consider. Yeah, I mean, I think as far as the Vikings as a whole is that they, they kind of let everybody down so many times that if you're not a Vikings fan, you're really not taking them serious. Uh, also, it doesn't help that you have the Eagles over there that have looked, uh, for the most part, unbeatable all season outside of you know, I would—I don't want to call it a fluke game, but definitely a, an, an anomaly uh, with the Commanders. And then, you know, just recently this weekend, without their starting QB against the Cowboys, other than that, they are pretty much looked flawless. So, I, and, and then you have the 49ers who nobody wants to play in the in the playoffs. So, I, I think the problem isn't all Minnesota outside of their past blunders, but I do think that there's also a combination of that and every team. There's so many teams in the NFC that you look at. Um, and you think, well, this team I win, this team I win, and, and the Vikings are really like, you know, kind of kind of an afterthought. Which, you know, it, it, and the driver talks about a lot of times. A lot of times, that's a team you have to watch out when the playoff starts. One thing about the Minnesota Vikings, if when you are when you come into town to play them, uh, or they, or they come to you when the game is on, you know, when the game is going on, that ball is going in the air, and a lot of times it's going in the air to somebody who might be the best receiver in football. The problem with that, though, is that when they played the Eagles, they absolutely shut Jefferson down. So I think that a, a part of it is what you've seen on the field, uh, what in the past of this year, but also the fact that uh, just the, so, there's so many teams that you look at before them. And you know what? And, and, and in the public's eye, I wouldn't be surprised if there is a game between the Minnesota Vikings. Let's say it's the second round because it would have to be the second round more likely. If there is a game between the Minnesota Vikings and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that if that I would believe that most people would put their money on Tampa, as bad as they've been this year, mm-hmm. because there's just so little belief in Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see something like that. 
And that's a, and, and and Minnesota and Minnesota will be going home more than likely, but probably that game. But <laughs> but but as much as we but it's but it's just because we're so used to seeing uh, the goat. Captain America, whatever they're calling him these days, we're just so used to him still getting the last laugh, and he still will find a way to win, even though they've been they've been terrible. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, they have a great two minute offense. They will get that done if they got to score quick. Good. Now this is what we need to go two minute and boom, 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 touchdown. We won the game. Uh, but again, I just wanted to bring up the fact how good they are. But for some reason, we still keep overlooking them, and I think we just kind of answer our, our own question. They are overlooked, but these are some of the reasons why. You still think a Tampa Bay could go into Minnesota and beat them in the postseason, and they, they very well could. I mean, who would call you crazy? No matter how bad they've looked, who would call you crazy for betting a, for betting your money on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in a playoff game? Yeah, you wouldn't sound crazy at all. Uh, no, even, no you, you wouldn't sound crazy, and I, and I think that's the point, like, there's just so many factors that say, hey, don't worry about Minnesota being serious. Don't worry about them being serious. When they've been pretty doggone serious for most yeah. of the year. Now, they yeah. did get beat down by Dallas. They did kind of get beaten up by Philly. Yeah. Uh, those are One of those two teams, they would more than likely have to go through. They would either have to go through Dallas, Philly, or San Fran in all likelihood. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, um, you know, I, I think that's the problem is that nobody believes they can beat either one of those three teams. And I'm not so sure I do either. I think they could probably be Dallas, but I just I just think that you know the way Philly kind of manhandled Jefferson. Uh, I don't know, man. They would have to. Or does that help? Like, or, does like, that, or does that help Minnesota come back with a better game plan after seeing how, how Philly Absolutely does. Absolutely does. Yeah. Hey, you beat me once, beat me twice. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. There you go. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. It makes a interesting playoff picture. There. Yeah, it, it, it will make an interesting playoffs. We hope, and we hope that it's all good games and the refs don't play a major part into the results, uh, even though that's usually how it goes in the NFL playoffs, though. But we'll see. Uh, all right, guys, um, look, let's get into this Tua talk real quick. Before we get into the Eagles and Cowboys, Nick, I know you're ready to talk about it, and we are too, but, man, that Christmas. I'm not ready to talk about it next time. Uh-huh, yeah, <laughs> okay, got you. <laughs> I'm, sure you. I'm sure you're not. Hey, look, seriously, man, the Packers are starting to – you know, uh, make make a few head sweat. You know, like a, a a little boy, a little sweat is starting to come on some of the people's forehead. The Packers are starting to figure this thing out. The offense is beginning to click. They're running the ball more. They begin to look physical now. They're playing defense all of a sudden. Watch out for the Green Bay Packers, I guess. I don't know. Um, the Lions hurt themselves by losing to Carolina. That was a bad loss for them. Everything that could have went right this weekend for the Packers went right. So it was a great Christmas, a really happy holidays for them. They beat the Dolphins. I want to ask you all, after the Packers beat the Dolphins on Sunday on Christmas Day in South Beach, Miami, and I wanted to pick Green Bay. I did. I just wanted – if you all can remember, go back. I was very, very – I did it, but I think I also said I was picking them reluctantly. I, I was like, oh, man, I don't know if I want to – all right, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Dolphins. <laughs> I'm going to go on and go with the Dolphins. But, man, another loss. I believe that's five straight. I mean, four straight losses for the Dolphins. Two or three interceptions. I may have to, uh, you know, kind of backtrack my statements about what I've said about Tua. When we were talking about franchise quarterbacks, I put him in there, and it just seems to me that we just want to just say that he's not that guy. And 
the only thing that he really can't do is, you know, put that extra two yards or three yards that we that we need on that deep ball that he throws to Tyreek Hill. And that will make or break them at times because of that. Uh, when it's short, depending on who that DB is out there or those DBs, however, he does a lot of the a lot of the, a lot of good things. He just sometimes doesn't know when to give up on a play. But those three interceptions, and I know the last two, they were very, very they were at the wrong time. It was in very, very key clutch moments. Uh, guys, your take on that? Did the Dolphins lose this game? I meaning Tua, or did the Packers just go out there and take it? What's gonna happen with the Dolphins and Tua? And um, hey. I've been saying Jimmy Garoppolo to Miami. I was thinking that was going to happen before the season started, but Tyreek was just blowing up, gassing up, uh, you know, Tua. And it's like, okay, maybe he's not the guy I thought he was. Maybe he's not the guy Tyreek said he was. And I just want to go with your takes on that on that, uh, that game and, you know, Green Bay also. Well, my take on the game is that kudos, one, for one, kudos to Green Bay for uh, hanging in there. That was definitely a game where, it just seemed that Miami should have blown them away early. They were getting those big plays. They were getting those down the field, uh, crossing routes that they liked so much. I think the problem with that game was they had so much success with those crossing routes early that they don't really have a plan B as, a, as opposed to, like, the passing game. Uh, everything, for the most part, unless somebody is wide open down the field, it's going to be short, intermediate, uh, maybe middle kind of in-breaking routes. Two is perfect at throwing those. His his ball placement is, is pretty doggone good. Uh, but the issue with that is that Green Bay made some adjustments. Their adjustments was just to zone everything up. Uh, now when you throw this ball in here, and they kind of disguise the zones pretty good, but for the most part, if you threw that ball in here, man, it better be it better be perfect. You and the receiver better be 100% on, on, on par with each other. And there were a couple of times where that wasn't, the very last throw, uh, kudos to uh, Butler. Am I right? Is it Butler? The corner at number 29? Douglas. Douglas. I'm thinking about Rasul Butler. Rest in peace. Uh, okay. But uh, uh, Douglas, yes, Rasul Douglas. He, It looked like he was in man coverage. The mm. problem was that he was actually in quarters. Uh, so he kind of baited uh, to where he ran with um, – he ran with the receiver they had over there, and the tight end had an outbreaking route. And, of course, that was his zone. He just bagged right back into his zone and picked it off, man. So kudos to him on that. But that's those are things that Tua, still a young quarterback, will have to kind of uh, shake off, learn from, be better at, and, uh, you know, make the right plays at the, at the, end, of, at the end of the game. But my, the Miami team is still dangerous. Tua is still a, a very good quarterback. I'm not going to call him a great quarterback yet. He's still a very good quarterback. But I, I just think that they have going, they're going to have to buckle down, get more serious about the run game. They ran the ball well, but they didn't stick with it uh, when it mattered. And they've got to win these next two games. Now, they put themselves in a very bad position. You're looking at teams on the outside now, like Pittsburgh, who just won't go away. Jarvis told me this. Nick, I don't think you were doing the show then, but Jarvis told me this a long time ago. He said, you will not see a bad Pittsburgh team. And he ain't lying, man. I thought for sure this year Pittsburgh was just – you know, Pittsburgh is kind of the AFC Green Bay. But yeah. I thought for sure they were um, dead, man, just, you know, just gone. Yeah. But here they are, yeah. you know, here they are now with a real legit chance of getting in, depending on what Miami does. I don't think there's any catching the Chargers, uh, and I don't think there's any catching us. 
but they do play us this weekend. But um, I, I you know, they they have a real legit chance of getting in now, and that's just crazy when you think of where they were five, six weeks ago, yeah. even two weeks ago with their quarterback being out. Yeah. But yeah, so I still have faith in Tua. Uh, just you know, better late game adjustments. I'm not gonna blame the coaching. I just think that they they have a plan. And they need to start having better plan Bs when plan A is working, which is those crossing routes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree with that point about the, about the Steelers. Uh, I would I would say the same thing you said. Jarvis said that you don't really see bad teams out of them. Uh, I think that's mostly because of the stability that they keep at the head coaching <laughs> position. But uh, Jarvis had a totally different theory. Let me just say that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> what you guys said I, I don't really have much much to add to that and uh i thought t pretty much nailed it uh, on on most of that so we'll keep it going and uh let's move straight now to the dallas cowboys and the philadelphia eagles because we, we look we didn't <clears throat> well i knew i said the cowboys would win i didn't say how they would win but i wondered how they would win and honestly i want to know what you guys think but Without Jalen Hurts, I asked the question as, should the Cowboys really blow the Eagles out now that they don't have their quarterback? Or do you still see this game being just as good even without their quarterback? Because you kind of believe what Michael Parsons says to be true or somewhat accurate. So I wonder, they barely beat the Eagles without Jalen Hurts. 40 to 34 or something like that, I believe the final score was. Now there was turnovers and things like that. That can definitely change the way a game goes. But I'm just saying, like, 40 to 34, a little suspect on both ends. But the Dallas Cowboys, I thought they should have really did better than this. They still had to drive and score to win the game in the end. That means that the game wasn't in their possession. 
Like the Eagles had took the lead with, I don't know how much time was left in the fourth, but at one point they had the lead in the fourth quarter. I wasn't impressed. I guess that's what I'm trying to say with the Dallas Cowboys. I expected more. Mm-hmm. I expected it to be a significant win without Jalen Hurts. Me and Nick talked about the quarterback situation and, you know, like how my team is playing with the third starting quarterback and we're still a good team. Uh, how would the Eagles look without theirs? And uh, Nick, Nick, he pretty much thinks that they were going to look pretty good, and they did. But I expected them to, you know, get slaughtered, uh, really, because that would be me saying, okay, this is how valuable Jalen Hurts is to, to the team. But that team is pretty good even without him, but they still need him. I see where the, they miss him at on certain plays, but still, this team, you know, they're, they're not bad. Even with Gardner Minshew, he threw for over 300 yards. The Cowboys, very suspect, very suspect when they're not, you know, just really rushing the quarterback. That defense can be suspect. Mm-hmm. I still believe that. Uh, the offense, yes, Dak was good. He was amazing. He's also, you know, sometimes giving the other team the football. So, all right, we'll start with Terrence, too. Give me your take on the Eagles and the Cowboys. What did you get from it from both teams? Uh, what I got from both teams is that they need to do it again. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, but that's, that's just it to me. I, I You know, when – of course, when the Cowboys played the first time, that was at the uh, the very end of Cooper Rush Mania. Um, and then, you know, this time right here, we have Jalen Hurts, who uh, who was out. And it seemed like, and Nick, if I'm wrong, correct me, but it just seems like more of a, a precautionary, hey, your shoulder's injured, we don't want to make it worse. This game doesn't mean a whole lot to us in the sense that, you know, we can still get the number one pick and we don't have to, you know, set you out there against those guys. Um, but I think that the sort of for the fans and for the league, you know, I think we, we deserve to see that game again in some capacity. Uh, now, more than likely, <laughs> I don't think that either one, both of those teams will will make it to, like, more than likely have to be like the conference championship game. I think they're one and two right now, right? Um, so I, I don't know if we'll actually get it again. If we do, that'd be pretty interesting. But as, as a fan, I would like to see it again at full strength because Mainly because there's been so much chatter between both of them. These teams don't like each other. We already know that. And we know how rivalries work in the NFL. I don't think the end of sport, um, outside of maybe the Boston Red Sox and, and New York Yankees, but that's not even the same thing But because they play each other 20 times a year. You know, these guys, you know, these, these football rivalries, they play twice a year. And these rivalries are tough. And it's just, it's, it's a very good thing in sports. So, uh, why not three times? Let's do it again. It's an old blues song. <laughs> so let's do it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Eagles, uh, Eagles and Cowboys actually are one and three. Uh, you know, one seed in the three seed right now. The Vikings are one and three seed. Okay. The Vikings are the team. Okay. So they can't meet up in the second round. Yeah. So they, they could potentially meet again. Um, and I, as an Eagles fan, will be perfectly fine with seeing it. Uh, the thing for me that really stuck out from this game that I was both disappointed in when it came to the Eagles, was our defense. Um, we had a chance to really put that game away. We had the, the Cowboys at third and 30. And for whatever reason, Darius Slade just let T.Y. Hilton run right, right by him. I didn't understand that. Uh, you know, I, and, and that, that that was the biggest, the most egregious play I felt like from our defense, but there was certainly a number of them. Um, because like I said, you know, uh, you know the, the yardage that we gave up to Dak and the, those guys in the passing game, I mean, they were doing the same thing over and over again, you know, C.D. Lamb across the middle or Dalton Schultz across the middle, and we were just leaving the middle of the field wide open for them to, you know, to kind of throw darts into. 
Um, so the, the defense was really my biggest disappointment from the day. Uh, obviously, I know we lost uh, Avante Maddox early in the game. Uh, there was another player on defense I think we lost, and then, of course, we lost. Oh, Jordan, we lost Jordan Davis again, um, so that didn't help from a run game standpoint. Ouch. And then, of course, we lost. Uh, we lost. Uh, Jordan Davis got, had a concussion. Oh. Yeah, he, uh, oh. he and he and uh, I think it was either Josh. I think it was him and Josh Sweat uh, kind of ran into each other on a tackle. Oh, damn. And, uh, and, and Jordan Davis kind of got the worst of it. And uh, and then, of course, Lane Johnson on the offensive side uh, with the abdominal tear uh, is, is the biggest one to me, really, from this game. Uh, I think all three of those guys will be able to be back for the playoff. Uh, I, I think we should probably look to see Jalen next week. I think this was much much more. I think had this game been important for the Eagles, I think Jalen Hurts absolutely would have played. Um, but because, you know, the, the organization looked at it and said, hey, we essentially got three shots here to win one game, get the number one seed locked up. So, you know, we're not going to put you out there against a, a, uh, a pretty good Dallas defense, um, a pretty aggressive Dallas defense. You know, maybe they'll bring them back next week. Uh, for the Saints game, the Saints obviously don't really have much to play for at this point. And, uh, you know, that final week will be against the uh, the Commanders or the Giants, um, either of which could be, you know, I'm still playing for a playoff spot. So, to me, I think it makes the most sense to, you know, to run Taylor back out there next week, make sure we go ahead and lock up the number one seed and get that out of the way against the Saints, and then, uh, you know, give a lot of our guys a, a breather that uh, that final week of the season. Uh, defense, offense, let everybody kind of get, you know, heal up some bumps and bruises. Uh, obviously, we'll have the following week as a bye week as well, and then uh, get ready for where we'll be in the second round. Um, and ideally for me, yes, I, w- I would love for it to be the Cowboys and uh, for us to get them, you know, with both of our teams at full strength because I do believe that we're the better team. Uh, there were a number of plays, I think, like Jarvis alluded to, that, you know, you just look at him and say, man, if that was Jalen there, instead of instead of guarding Minshew, you know, he outruns that, that defensive alignment. Um, you know, and gets around the corner, you know, or this offensive lineman maybe doesn't feel the need to hold uh, because he knows Jalen can win that foot race. And so, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it was it wasn't a game that uh, that alarmed me too much. Other than you know, the, the biggest alarm for me was just like I said, our our lack on defense. Uh, you know, not really making the plays I felt like we should make, and uh, we really had a chance to close the game out. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Well, uh, you know, my my whole thing is. The Philadelphia Eagles, everything that you said, I agree with both of you. And uh, I, I think one thing where you got lucky, though, I told you, I didn't think it was a good idea sweeping the Cowboys and then see them again in the mm-hmm. postseason. Now you don't have to worry about that. You got a great chance to win, and you probably will if you see them in the postseason again. Again, I wasn't impressed with the Cowboys, even though they did get the victory. I mean, I'm in the offense. It does what it does. But as Terrence has said before, Dak Prescott has proven to us, time in and time out, he really is the black Drew Bledsoe of the NFL. And <laughs> I forgot I said that. <laughs> yeah, I have it. I have it. And that's that's the that's one of the one things that's holding the Cowboys back uh, that, that Dak does. Uh, sometimes, as good as he can be, he can also give it to the other team. He has thrown interceptions here, and we've got to call it for what it is. He has thrown more interceptions than anybody in the past five, six games, and a lot of that's on him. Um, but, but again, he will throw a pick six and he'll come back and give you a 90, a 90 yard drive touchdown. So, um, this is what you get from the Cowboys. The Philadelphia Eagles are the better team. No, I think I've still seen enough. If Jalen Hurst is playing that game, they're winning that game. I'm sorry. That's just what I think. But that zone coverage, as, um, Nick was alluding to earlier, I was, I was, I would be worried about that as well. The Cowboys ate it up. 
And um, I think the Cowboys looked a little too good offensively. And that's, that is a flag, a red flag for the uh, Eagles defense there. Uh, and again, uh, but again, I do think the Eagles are clearly the better team if they do it again a third time, which they probably will. Uh, all right, so keeping it moving. Uh, speaking of, um, I didn't say that when we were talking about the Dolphins earlier, Tua is back in concussion protocol. And um, the Steelers, when we were talking about the Steelers, we really didn't t- touch on Pickens. Uh, and and pick it or pick it to Pickens. That's starting to be a big thing in Pittsburgh now, and the future may be bright for those guys in Pittsburgh uh, mm-hmm. because that's starting to be a thing. As they won that that uh, that Christmas Eve on um, Christmas Eve night, they won that game uh, in at home, of course, as they celebrated the 50 year anniversary of the immaculate reception. Again, ripped the Franco Harris. You knew the Steelers were going to win that game, though, right? Of course, and they did at the final minute. Uh, what else, what else, what else do we want to talk about here in the NFL? Did a few of the big games from Christmas Eve. Green Bay, they're on a the roll. They're, they're, they're trying to get in. Uh, Tampa Bay, they're Tampa Bay, I guess. They beat the Cardinals on Sunday night, and um, a win's a win. And they are 7-8, and eight, and uh, they've got a big game coming up uh, this weekend against the Carolina Panthers. The Tennessee Titans and the Jaguars are going to lock it up. Um. No, that'll be week 18. But to make for that a big game, we'll see how the Titans favor against the Cowboys. Something tells me it won't be it won't be what you think. Uh, we'll see, though. But, again, the Titans losing to the Texans, that was terrible. After I just said what I said, Titans, damn, when you're not listening. I mean, he just made me look <laughs> – he, he just made me look like, some, like a complete idiot. Like, damn. I mean, like, as credible as we are at times – and then something like this can happen. It's like, what the hell was Jarvis thinking to say what he said? Well, it's not over with yet. Give me another week. What a drug test out. I know, right? Give me another week. Give me another week, and then I'll go ahead and give you some pee, man. Maybe one, one, <laughs> one more week. <laughs> one more week. Uh, all right, so what am I missing, guys? Did I miss anything, like, as far as these games? The Vikings and Giants was a good one. But the Vikings won. We've talked about the Vikings. We've talked about, you know, Green Bay and Miami. Dallas, Philly. Um, okay, so look, let's first of all, I say this. I was wrong about the 49ers and the Commanders, uh, and I'm glad I was wrong. Uh, I, look, I, I heard like two times, two or three times, though, today and yesterday on teams in other sports winning eight straight. So it seems like I've been talking about this seven straight crap so much now that now they're going to eight. I mean, I know it happens at times, and I'm glad it did. Uh, again, the Niners won, and it, it worked out the way I thought it would. But at first, early on, it was looking like, uh-oh, here we go. If this offense mm-hmm. doesn't get going. And then we got the big play from Ray Ray McLeod, and it started to open some things up. And then we got that big stop. Javon Kinlaw had a lot to do with that big fourth and goal uh, stop that we got on Washington early on where they didn't get to tie it up. Um, his presence was felt, though, for the, the few snaps that he was in the game. Uh, he also made his return like Chase Young did for for the Commanders. Javon Kinlaw was a player that I have been talking about all season long on how he's been out. Eric Armstead came back a few weeks ago. Now he's back. We're starting to get healthy. And uh, I think we won that game 37-20. Now we did allow over 17 points for the first time in probably since September. But – Hey, it is what it is. It's 20 points. We're the best team. We're the best defense in the NFL. It's all right. The Niners uh, really are starting to look dangerous. 
I'm very critical of my team. I'm not easily impressed. I say what it needs to be said because I hope it gets in the right ears to the right people to fix things, to change things. And I'm always going to be real because I never say what needs to be said uh, to, you know, to, for the for the fans' sake, I don't say what I say about my Niners to please the fan base, the fan base or anybody. I'll say what I say because that's what I say, and that's what I see or that's what I think. And the Niners look like the best team in the NFL from top to bottom. Uh, the Eagles are very, very, very close to being that because they did show me that they can win some games without uh, Jalen Hurts, probably, but they still need him. They showed they didn't get the win without him. The 49ers have not lost a game yet, and they're on their third-string quarterback. Their third-starting quarterback, and they still haven't lost a game with him. That's what I'm just saying. We have a good defense, number one in the league, but we have a corner named Emmanuel Mosley that's done for the season. His replacement, Jason Verrett, started back practicing, uh, was ready to make his return. (laughs) He tore his Achilles again. He's done again. We. Like we've we've gotten shot so many times, so I just want to just just take this moment, using our platform that we have here on the Great Debate Show, want to give flowers to the entire you know Forty Nine er team right now. I don't know what's gonna happen with them, but I just want to say we're in a good space right now. We're in a good place. I'm in the best position right now out of all three of us here on the Great Debate Show, because my Niners are a good football team that can easily, possibly win the Super Bowl. With their third quarterback. However, if we lose the first playoff game, if we lose the wild card to the Giants or the Commanders at home, I'm going to say, well, hey, we're playing with our third quarterback. I can't lose. I'm in the best situation out of all three of us. If we win, it's going to be history. We're going to make history. Mystery Relevant wins the Super Bowl. It's never happened before. If we lose, we're just going to say, hey, what did you expect? We're playing with Mystery Relevant. That's all we had. It's a great thing. Bang, bang. Niner game. Anything else we got for football or are we ready to get on to the basketball? No, no. We need to talk Ravens and we need to talk Bengals also, right, T? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's Ravens in the playoffs, man. Hey, we, we have clinched. Uh, this is all I needed for us to do was to clinch. Congrats. Right? Like Congrats. The, the, division, the division is still up for grabs, and there's a lot of seeding that's still up for grabs, too. Um, but honestly, right now, I think as, as it plays out right now, if Jacksonville holds on and if everything stays the same, we get Jacksonville first round. Hey, to me, that's a best-case scenario. How do you like that matchup? Okay. Okay. Never mind. I love it. Okay. I love it. All right. Hey, it's like it's like Debo told Craig, it's the rematch. <laughs> uh, so I am I will be very pleased if uh there's a round two between Jacksonville and Baltimore. I do think the Jacksonville I mean I do think the Baltimore would definitely win that one. Um Yeah, so no, I'm I'm very, very happy if that's the case. Now even even if they win a division, and I think the first the first round game will probably be if they're the four C uh, the third or fourth seed, it, it, it can go a lot of different ways. But right now, I do like their matchup right now. The team I would be trying to avoid if I'm a division winner would be the Chargers because they had so many injuries early with Keenan Allen and then Mike Williams and then the quarterback being banged up pretty much all year long. Uh, those guys are getting healthy at the right time. Jarvis can tell you how much 
how crucial that is. He just had a whole soliloquy about the, the injuries to the 49ers and their yes. quarterback and yes. the uh, DB and everybody else. And also, Jarvis, I wanted to let you know I saw a stat that I want to tell you about in a couple of seconds here. Okay. But, um, uh, but yes, I, if I'm a division winner, the team I would be trying to avoid would be the Chargers. Yeah. So I think in the, in the midst of, and, and just for, for the sake of avoiding the Chargers, don't just rest Lamar. Rest every dog on body. Like you know, go put go put Bateman in a hyperbaric time chamber to try to heal his injuries so quicker. <laughs> um, <laughs> him and Lamar have them in there, man, training like Vegeta and Goku, and just come back and and you know play well in the playoffs. But uh, but no, so that's that's mm-hmm. I, I, it's great. They're they're fine. They're in a great spot, and you know, and even you look at it, even just look at the totality of the season. They lost so many games by you know they were up by two scores. Uh, that's got to give them some level of confidence going into uh, the playoffs to say, hey, we're not going to do it in the playoffs. We'll win all these games. And they can. I don't right. think they will, but they can. Right. They might say he's going to yeah. put Bateman in a, one of those pods like they do in Black Lightning. Just put him in the pod for, for a while. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then bring him back out and he's going to be rejuvenated. He's going to be fresh. Absolutely. Put the battery in his back. And, and, and this thing to look forward to, I don't, I don't know what the interest status is on Bateman. I guess I should look that up. But if they get him back, they're a different team with Bateman. Yeah, that is true. Now, that is true. And, man, he started the season with you all now, right? He did start the season. Yes, he started the season. They were playing very, very well. Man, Lamar was throwing Uh, some dimes. He was throwing some dimes. Yeah, he was throwing some dots, too. Uh, Yeah, you're right about that. I I still thought they should have done more, especially when he went down. But, yeah. Yeah, it was looking like well, maybe the, maybe the Ravens do know what they're talking about. The first couple of weeks, that's what it was looking like. And then even okay, got... so they won't be in the, they won't be in the basement. He's out for the season with a, he, had, he had foot surgery. Oh, he's not coming back. Okay, yeah, got you. Uh, so uh, so yeah, look I... though, just just to, but just to just to be just to be for certain here, you love the matchup. I'm, I'm sure because you want to get your revenge, go back to Jacksonville and take care of them. I get it. But if you had to go to Tennessee, you're not worried about them either, though, right? After what after what they just oh, no, did. Oh no, God no! That would be that would be the absolute best case scenario. Okay, that's just wanted to make sure when you said Jackson. As a matter of fact, like, I'm rooting for Tennessee, and that, if that's the case. Okay, gotcha. I was about to say, like, I'm like, hmm, you said he liked Jacksonville, so Jacksonville does he fear Tennessee? Just, yeah, Jacksonville is just the lesser of two evils. It's either Jacksonville or Chargers in my mind. Right. I, right. I don't. I don't want Chargers. Well, if, somebody, if, if, if Kansas were, City or somebody to deal with those. If, if you remain the fifth seed, you're going to you're going to Nashville or to Jacksonville. You know, for, and Jacksonville has great weather because they will be year. they will be number four. Yes. Okay. Uh, all I right. Would say as well, hey, on that note with the Chargers, that's the team I would probably have on Sean Payton watch. I think if they if they find a way to not make the playoffs, an absolute coach, uh, that's the thing I think I, I will be able to look out for Sean Payton to try to. Uh, try to go be a part of. Look, as of right now, that's going to be a hell of a playoff game if it happens because, look, the first playoff game for the Chargers would be the Bengals, I believe. And the Bengals are hot right now. But the Chargers are rolling too. So as good as the Bengals are, that might be a matchup problem for for Burrow, though, with the pressure that they send and the scheme and, and everything that they run. I don't know. As good as the Bengals are, that may be the that may not be the right matchup to run into. On the first playoff game in the wild card, I don't know. But Damn that, that you, the over. It's got a lot of points. I know that much. That way, it sounds but like it would be. It, it sounds like it would be. But yes, that's what we will be looking at right now. If I'm not mistaken, when I was looking at the playoff picture, it was I saw Chargers Bengals, and I'm like, damn, that would be a hell of a wild card game right there. 
that would definitely be better than Baltimore at Jacksonville or Tennessee. I'm sorry. I'm not interested in, in that, regardless of which which one we, we all go. Unless Bateman was coming back, Lamar's 100%. It's just sometimes, you know, even watching Lamar is not entertaining enough to watch Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And that's why. I, 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 I can relate to that. Yeah, that's that's why I keep saying, that's why I keep saying what I say about Harbaugh, Greg Roman. Like, what are you, what are y'all doing? Like, Baltimore, the Ravens should be much more exciting to watch when you've got the best football player in football. In the league. And I stand by that every time. I know people, you know, check me sometimes. Like, wait a minute now. I may get a little pushback on that. Just football player. I didn't say he was the best quarterback. He's the best damn football player in the league because nobody can put the team on his back like he does with little to no talent and still get you 10, 11, 12 wins in the postseason. But then as soon as he doesn't win the postseason, it's like, look, look, Lamar. They just go to looking at you like, uh, oh, Vincent. Vincent Harper from Mama's Family. Mama, <laughs> what have you done? And I was like, what do you mean? I just, I just put you on my back. My, my back broke. What do you, what do you mean? By, by the time we got to the division around, my back broke. I don't get it. That's pretty funny, actually. Good reference. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, T, congrats on your, on your uh, uh, wild card. You have clinched. I'm in a playoff spot, and here we go. All three of us in the postseason once again. It's going well now. Not once again. Your team slipped last year, T. But we know why. Your boy wasn't playing. Now all three of us are here for the first time on a great debate show. This is going to be a good postseason. Uh, We need to come up with something special to do for each and each. A good one, a good one, or a bad one. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm saying we need to do something special for each team when their team goes home, where we don't make it so you know. Well, we'll get the fun out of the way, and then we need to do something like for in memory of. Uh, the 2022 season of that team because once they're done, they're done. They're, they're dead. Uh, That's it. But may, just maybe the one of our teams, you know, could be the last team standing. That would be nice. Uh, am I leaving anything out in football before I get into this uh, this Grizzly? And uh, You know what? Let's let's get on into that. Let's get on into it. Okay, so the, Grizz, the Grizzlies and the Warriors played on Christmas Day. I said that this was not going to be a – a very exciting or entertaining game with Steph being out. It takes some of the fun out, but it's always fun to watch Ja Morant though, right? You know, tune in just for a minute to see what he's going to do. And, uh, man, he almost got a dunk. That if he had a made it, oh, my God. It would have been the play of the year, the dunk of the year. And, I, I mean, like, seriously, they could just stop. They wouldn't have to play anymore. Nobody would have topped it, but he didn't quite get it. But how he got up there and still made an attempt at nearly getting that dunk is beyond me. Man, Jai is a bad MFer. But anyway, I digress. The Grizzlies lost, and they kind of took a beating. They, they, at times, they were in it, back in it. At times, they'd be right back down 14-15. The Warriors made a statement, and I think that statement, guys, was, Jai, what the hell? You know, <laughs> how dare you say nobody to worry about? Uh, uh, y'all must have forgot. So I think the, they, there's that Roy Jones, <laughs> the Roy Jones reference again. But – Guys, what do you think about the Warriors and Grizzlies? And and if you even think that it's a rivalry or not, because I've heard somebody said it, did you have to beat them for it to be a rivalry? I know I've said that on my show before about the Niners and the Rams. I hadn't seen the Rams beat us in a minute, so I don't know where the rivalry is. Guys, your thoughts on Grizzlies, Warriors? Is this just what the Warriors needed? Because they definitely, the Grizzlies seem to make them better. And is this good for the Grizzlies also, though, out there, you know, you know, being humbled 
by the Warriors? Um, you know, I, I I know that we are all in some form or way close to Memphis. We feel a connection to the Grizzlies um, just based on, you know, proximity, if nothing else. And, you know, a lot of those guys I have come across one way or another. I, I do like those guys. I do like the Grizzlies, the organization. They, they When I need to do work there, they're always good to me. I just want to say that, start out. Uh, but, however, <laughs> there is a certain cockiness and a certain attitude and I, and I didn't really mind the comments in the, from the job from last week in the sense that um, you're supposed to think you're going to the finals. But it's not necessarily what they say a lot of times. A lot of times it's how they say it. They're very young, very brash, but it's like it's bothersome because you, to an extent you do need to win before you go and just kind of like bury everybody else, bury all of your competition. Um. So yeah, no, I'm, 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 I think the Grizzlies needed this for the sake, for the simple sake of, hey, listen, you can't just go and like talk your way to a championship. And are they, are they capable of winning one? Absolutely. I think that this is the best chance they've ever had as a franchise this year to win one. However, you have to keep in mind that even though I don't have a problem with those comments. There's a lot of other teams over in the Western Conference that does. And they're not trying to let you come in and, and essentially call your shot and say, hey, we are going to the finals. These suckers over in the West, we're not worried about any of those guys. <laughs> yeah, They are not trying to let you come in, especially come into their house and do that. Now, listen, by all means, if you get first seed in the West, you can, you can talk that talk because now you can come in and they've got to come to your place and, and win uh, – uh, four games you know essentially so um yeah they just they just got to start backing it up and you know and i think they do a good enough job to where they are respected they are admired throughout the league you know job jobs jersey sales probably as much as anybody outside of lebron james and steph curry but um those are grown men that you're playing against and when you say those things they're just, they're just not going to let you come in and beat them Mm-hmm. And that's what they, that's what they have. Now they're going to get everybody's best shot, yeah, you know? Yeah. And that, and, and sometimes that's a problem because if you don't give your best shot back, as we saw last night, you get beat. But I will say one thing too. They have to, somebody's got to pull Dylan Brooks in and say, listen, stop shooting the ball every time you touch it because he literally shoots it every time he touches it. Get him out the game. He doesn't, he doesn't. He doesn't belong yeah, in the game. Yeah, I, I know. And I this mean, is besides the Memphis sports, mm-hmm. this is a problem that Memphis sports has always had. They have always had, to a fault, a sense of loyalty to to people that they draft or they trade. You know, once you are a family in Memphis, you are a family, and, and and that's that's cool. It's a good feel good story. But this is the business of basketball. Dylan Brooks can get traded right today. Yes. Yes. Right today. Yes. Because what he what he thinks he, I, he does on defense, I it ain't worth it. Man, please. No, it's not worth it. It ain't worth it. In I saw end, Poole put especially that boy if he's in the not... so bad. Whatever he thinks he does on defense, <laughs> it ain't worth it. Right. And it's definitely not worth the 20 bad shots a game that he takes. No, finish that take. Finish that, that statement about Poole did what? <laughs> put that boy in a blender. <laughs> yeah. And that's my point exactly. Like, you're not Tony Allen. You know what I'm saying? You're not. You're you're not that you're you're not that guy, uh, Patrick Beverly, who like okay I'll deal with it because you do get stops. Like it's not like I can depend right. on you when I need a right. stop. 
all the time. Right. So, and then you're terrible on offense. You're a non-factor. There's somebody I can replace you with. I know I can get ten to twelve off the bench from their ass. Like, no, I'm t- I'm sick of them now. As far as just the mental part of the game. You know, the the whole when it gets physical, when it gets chippy, when they get the jawing. Okay, I, I like that. I like that part of him. But after that, I don't, your services are not really no longer needed. You can go back to the bench. No. I'm sorry. So, like the Grizzlies, that's an area where they need to try to upgrade at. You know, seriously. Like, the same way the Celtics knew that, okay, Marcus Smart is good and we love what he does, but we still need a little more. And they went and got Mac uh, Brock, Brogdon. So, um, mm-hmm. I just think that, yeah, that, that I can't argue with anything you said, T, even though that is my – those are my guys. I like the Grizzlies. I love Ja. I don't know if I'm a Grizzly fan or a Ja fan. I think it's a little bit of both because I love Zebo and I love Mark Gasol and all those guys too. I, I used to argue with everybody about Conley. Like, man, Conley is better than what you guys are saying he is because people used to shit on him. Uh, so, right. look, and O.J. Mayo, man, I we know the story about O.J. But, man, he, I, if only he could have stayed in the league. Man. Uh, right. so again, like, yeah, I, I'm a Grizz, man, but I, everything that you're saying T, you're right. And it's the truth. And some things that Clay said was facts. You can't talk about dynasty until you've won something. The Grizzlies have won. The Grizzlies have won nothing yet. Now, Draymond respects the team. He just doesn't respect or like, uh, Dylan Brooks. I don't believe, but Clay said at the end of the night, we still got to respect them, you know, because they make us right. better and we make them better. And that's exactly what's that's happening. True. But T, you're right. They are going to get everybody's absolute best now in the West, and they better be ready for it. Yeah, so my thing on it, uh, I actually disagree with T a little bit. I absolutely love Memphis' attitude, particularly John's attitude towards the thing, towards towards their team and towards their outlook. And the reason being is because I think and I see that there is still kind of a perception amongst a lot of people that the Grizzlies are still building towards something. And Jai is basically here saying, no, we're here now. Like, I'm one of those guys now. Jaron Jackson Jr. is one of those guys now. Des- Desmond Baines one of those guys <laughs> right now. Let's three guys that we that we put up that we feel like we can put up I, against. I, I like those you things, know? Nick. I love those things, Nick, but you got to win, though. You have to back it up. And right, they should, but, they, but, and, so, and so what they're saying is, you know, while, while other people would say, well, hey, you know, this is a team that may be a year or two away, they're saying, no, we can, we can do it this year right now. Jai is saying that when I look across the league, the only team that I see that has a, a twosome or a threesome decor or, or, a, or a complete team that we feel like would really cause problems for us is Boston. Now, whether you agree with his statements, whether you think, he, you know, obviously Golden State um, is a team that, you know, as, as they showed last year, um, even though, of course, Jai got hurt, uh, you know, they showed, hey, they're, they're a team that when they're healthy certainly is a problem. Um, you know, whether you agree with his statements or not, the idea, the, the idea and the attitude of, hey, you know, we don't really see, you know, anybody is just being a cut above us. You know, you know, Boston is a team that we see as a threat out of because that's what we think we would see in the finals. But as far as seeing teams being better than us or a team that we've got to bow down and show this additional level of respect to, you know, we don't see that. Um, and so, you know, I love that attitude from them. Uh, you know, they feel like that's where they are. And, and to some extent, I agree. I do feel like if they're in a position where, hey, you know, if they end up in a series against the Warriors or the, or the Nuggets, um, or, or the Pelicans, or any of those things, you know, if the if the Clippers continue to hold it together and Kawhi Leonard actually plays meaningful basketball games, uh, you know, they feel like if they end up in any of those series, they have a legit chance to go beat those teams and, and advance and make their way to the final. So I love the attitude. Uh, I agree that I think they do have that, that ability and that chance. Um, 
and I, I'm looking forward to see kind of how it turns out. I mean, Nick, I want to say this. Everything that you said, I agree with 100%. I do. I love what they said, and I love their attitude and how they're going about it. I do. However, you've got to beat them. Without Steph, too, you've got to beat them. Still, no ifs, ands, and buts about it. And that's – you've got to win that game. And I know it's just one game, but that's the reason why what T said is also – I have to agree with that, too, because everybody is going to take offense to that. The Denver Nuggets, they're officially number one right now. The Memphis lost, Denver won. Now they're number one. They're the best in the West. And they just beat the Grizzlies, too. So, Jaws saying one thing, but the results show that, okay, we just lost to Denver, and we just lost to Golden State. Okay. And you've lost to New Orleans also. They've got to win these games. I know they're just one game, and I know if we went back and we played game two and game three, we have to make adjustments and we can get better, and we definitely will beat them, and we'll probably win the series. But we need to see something. We need to see some some games and some wins. That's not that we've seen it, but we have to see it against these certain teams, these good top tier teams, for us to say that okay, it's stamped. The Grizzlies are here, and they're, and they're not going anywhere for a while. You've got to you got to put a stamp on that though with some of these wins, and that would have been a good one on Christmas night, but they didn't do that. Absolutely. Yep. But, again, I do like the fire. I love the attitude and what they're doing, but they got to back it up too. Desmond Bain, I'm not tripping on what he did. He's just coming back fresh off of an injury. It's going to take him a little time to get in the rhythm. But that is a very, very special player. And Ja, his three-point shooting was terrible on Christmas night, but it has been better this season. But they were just bad as a shooting team. There was a lot of good looks. They just missed them. They got to make them. And it don't need to come down to those shots either. The Grizzlies, they score in many different ways. Um but, again, I don't want to keep seeing Josh score 30, 40-plus, and it's a loss. That is very Iverson-like. But uh, he's not Allen Iverson, though. Uh, I don't see that at all. But, again, that's what I yeah, he's got. He's got, hey, he's got a better team right now than Allen Iverson ever had. That is true, too. That is. Um, but but he does a lot sometimes, and it's like, ugh, and sometimes it's still not enough. I like when they just go back to just playing good team ball. They sometimes tend to not do that until Jai is out of the lineup. Same thing for the Pelicans and Zion. Sometimes they just stand around waiting on the show on Showtime, you know, for Zion. But when he's not playing, they run a, they run they run their offense, and it it's very good. Everybody touches the ball, and everybody wins. Um, so anyway, uh, what else we got for basketball? The Knicks did what Terrence said they would do on Christmas Day, and I should have known better. But I actually put them in a parlay. And wouldn't you know it would be the Knicks that messed it up. Uh, that's what I get for not listening to a fan who who who, who doesn't even trust in them enough to bet on them his damn self. Um, no, let me tell you, um, they, they can they can paw bear both of our funeral drivers because they <laughs> will let you down. Mm-mm. That was a good one, man. That was clever. I like it. <laughs> that's the, But that's bad, though, man. Like, the Knicks, come on, man. The Knicks have been on a roll, though, and I thought they would get that one, but – Man, Embiid and Harden just kind of went into a zone, and the 76ers got the win. Uh, who else in the hey, NBA? Hey, did you see the news that broke Harden? Oh, yes. Let's talk about that, Nick. Since you want to – let's go ahead and break that because that's very interesting. Yeah, so if y'all didn't see, uh, James Harden said he would seriously consider a, re- a reunion in Houston uh, if, he, if he doesn't resign with Philadelphia in the offseason. And I just looked at that and went, why? Did, did, did anybody – I mean, I guess this is, uh, I'm assuming all of you guys have at least seen the news. Have you looked into it at all to see what, what his reasoning would be? Is there rumor that Houston could get some other star or, 
or something to make it, you know, viable there, more viable than what he's got in Philly. I, I didn't understand that one. Um, I I heard about it. I'm not making too much into it. I consider it the same as me saying that, hey, uh, I would I would go back to this job that I worked five years ago. Uh, <laughs> heck, I would go back to the one that I just left if, if, you know, under certain circumstances. So I just consider it nostalgia, man. I don't I don't really look much into it. Um, I do think that Houston has a very young core, and we 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 have seen one one superstar in the past who left his team, and then they rebuilt, and then he went back, and you know how that went. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, hey, there, there's a blueprint there for that, but I'm not looking. I'm not looking much into it. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure Philly would would be ready to re- resign him, but hey, maybe they won't. Mm-hmm. But if he, if if not, then hey, go to Houston, take what? less money, and play with some play with some young stars. Guys, what does that say about the Philadelphia 76ers as an organization? Uh, if if he right. is even considering wanting to go back home to Houston, or not his home, but I don't you know. know what the hell's going on in Philly. It's I, don't, be I, I, I don't know what the hell's going on in Philly at this point. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like they can keep any group of players really together. Um, I don't, I don't guess that it's a Joel Embiid problem. I, I didn't really see where you know there was a whole lot of problem. I mean, I know there was some kind of some back and forth tension with him and Ben Simmons near the end of that. Uh, I, I don't know if there's any of that with him and James Harden, but uh, I, I don't know what's going on in Philly where they they can't seem to keep people there happy, um, even with what looks to be. Uh, pretty decent team, you know, as far as the talent. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Uh, is, or is it just the typical James Harden who just can never be satisfied? Is, is it a Doc Rivers problem? I, I don't know, man. Harden is never satisfied, though. He's always wanting to move around. He's not. He's, he's he doesn't stay anywhere long. So we don't know. We don't really know. But Houston. But I'm gonna tell you guys, it is serious because I, I would I would look into it because it seems like, and I don't know why this would come out so soon right now. But this is it. Like, he he did a two-year option. He did a deal where, you know, like 2023, 2024 is an option. He can opt out of that and very well be a free agent at the end of this season. Or when free agency starts, which is not too long after the season ends. And I don't, I'm not saying he'll go back to Houston, but this could be the way that he puts it out there, that he yeah. that he's, he's, yeah. op- he's open to going somewhere. And maybe it's a calculated move. Like I said, they they have they have drafted a really good young team over there. Yeah. Uh, and on top of that, um, he did take a pay cut this year. You know, if you're gonna take a pay cut, why not play at home with younger talent? There you go. Here we go. We'll see. Uh, but again, Philly not well, looking. Real Mexican used to strip But again, Philly not looking bad at all though right now at the moment, which was was which was very uh, strange to to see those reports uh, come out when. Philly's really uh, on the best run of their of the season so far that they've had, uh, and, and they've got the win on Christmas Day against the Knicks. Uh, you had the Lakers in a turned out to be a beatdown, but they were up 11 at the half, and then the Dallas Mavericks, led by Luka Doncic, had a 51 point third quarter. Let's start with Nick on this one since he's uh you know a pretty big Luka Doncic fan, or at least he 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 he's not shy to tell us about how good of a player he is. Let's start with him. I don't know how much of that game you saw, if you saw it, but the Lakers were looking good. And then all of a sudden, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. There was no – a 51-point third quarter. Your thoughts on Dallas. And nobody's talking about them in the West, and we know Josh's not thinking about the Dallas Mavericks, but uh, what do you think about the Dallas Mavericks in the West? 
I mean, Dallas is obviously a, 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 a live team as well. I mean, you know, you we saw obviously what they were able to do putting uh putting Phoenix out of the playoffs last year. Uh, you know, obviously I I've been on Luka Doncic's train literally since before he was drafted. Um, saying that he you know, he really had a chance to be one of the special players in this league and he's been nothing but that, um, since since he got in the league, period. And uh, I, I didn't watch a I watched a little bit of the game, I didn't watch a whole lot of it. Um, I never really had the expectation that the Lakers would win. Uh, and as far as, you know, obviously, you know, that team is just falling apart. Um, you know, none, none of them are really what they used to be. Uh, LeBron obviously had a great statistical game there, but um, just wasn't enough to really have the impact to, to change the flow of the game. Um, you know, once the Mavericks really kind of put their foot on the gas in the third quarter, uh, you know, the, you can see where the game just kind of changed, and, and that was that. I mean, it really changed almost in like a, like a seven- or eight-minute time span even in that quarter where, uh, where the Mavericks really just went ballistic. And then, uh, you know, once that happened, you could just you could kind of see the, the wind out of the sails of the Lakers. And uh, so, you know, obviously the Lakers, you know, we don't really have very high hopes for them this year. Um, you know, seeing the seeing kind of father time. To some extent, obviously he still has games like he had yesterday, uh, 38-9-7, I think, or something like that. Uh, but it's not something he can do consistently and have the same impact that he's had. Um, and a lot of games over his career. And, and Luka Doncic is, is, is almost like looking in the mirror. Um, Luka Doncic is a guy who can have those numbers and have that impact to really change the game. And uh, you saw that again from yesterday, 30, 32-9-9, I think his was, or something like that. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's one of the great players in the league, an MVP candidate. And uh, I expect Dallas to definitely be in the thick of it um, come April, May, and June. Yeah. Yes, I mean, it's, for me, it's pretty simple. Dallas is, is going to be one of those teams that so many people are not going to want to be matched up against um, when it comes down to the playoffs. And right now, the Lakers are a team that everybody wants to see. <laughs> that team is just not any good. They're not going to be. Uh, T. Hopefully, sorry about that. No, uh, trade, you got to trade Anthony Davis, get some picks, and hopefully you can um, salvage some some sort of a team for next year. But right now, as this team is constructed, it's over. That's it. Ain't no play-in game. Ain't no postseason. Uh, that's it. And, and, you know, I know you're going to look at the stats and see LeBron got 38. Those are some of the most meaningless points I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I don't want to call him stat padding. He's playing the game. He's trying to wield his team to a victory, but his 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 impact on the game is diminished. Even though his athleticism is, is for the most part is, is still okay, mm-hmm. uh, but his impact on the game is just not the same. It is just not the same. That's what it's looking like. That's what it's looking like. But again, you put him on a team with some good players. You know, totally different story. We'll see what those plans are. But uh, we knew this, this season was surprised he opted in. I'm so surprised he opted in. But I, I think it kind of confirms what I felt like when he went there. And I don't think he ever went there uh, with championships on his mind. I think when he won that championship in Cleveland, that was just kind of the, the real deal end of his trying to, every year trying to stack teams and offer championships. I don't think he cares about that as much now. I think right now he is just trying to, finish out his career, um, make some movies, make some shows, produce some podcasts, whatever it is he does over in Hollywood, and just really, for the most part, have a good time, man, and wait for his son to get in the league and hopefully pass that rub onto his son 
but as far as him trying to win championships, I don't think he cares anymore. If he did, he would. We have seen LeBron not sign back to teams that weren't any good because he knew they couldn't win championships. Mm-hmm. But what's the difference between that team and this team? The only difference is L.A. On that he team, still wants to be. On, on, on a team that, that's not that good, he has a good chance of getting all those points so he can get Kareem's record. Oh, absolutely, yeah. He, I mean, he'll probably have the record by, what, March, April, I think the way it's looking. Wow, that's that's insane. Oh. Here we go. Yeah. Yep. He was on pace to get about February. Yeah. Uh, but the, I think that, that little injury stint he had kind of set, hit him, set him back. But he's been scoring over 30 the past week or so. So, you know, maybe yeah. they kind of put him back on pace. But mm-hmm. he'll get it pretty soon. He will definitely get it this year unless something crazy happens. I, and I hope it doesn't. Yeah, right. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead. Sean and Sally Kirsch. Huh? <laughs> right. <laughs> if, if he gets hurt. Like, Sal is going to have some questions to answer. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, hey, man, look, he has been getting injured here, and, you know, you just never know. But um, They're growing, man. You got to watch they, out for it. They are. Uh, and, and guess And Before we end the show here, though, guess who? Don't look now. But who is like a fourth seed in the East, and they're looking pretty good? The Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets. When they were going through all of their turmoil, I watched them play – I forgot uh, who which game they who they were playing against, and I just I remember telling myself I like the way this team looks mm. under new head I, coach. I, I, I like the way they under they were this this was under the new head coach. Yes, yes, um, Vaughn. And and I I just like the way they're I like the way they're constructed. I like the way they look, and and you know they're not being talked about amongst the the Boston's and the uh, Milwaukee's, but uh, who who beat them last year? Boston. Who yeah. beat them the year before that? Milwaukee. So they have got some. They are. They have a revenge tour against everybody, but especially those two teams. So I wouldn't be surprised if we have a playoff situation where they're the third seed and they come in and lay a smackdown on on Milwaukee and Boston. And the Celtics and Bucks played on Christmas John, Day. John Vaughn definitely flipped that defense basically overnight. Yes. Yeah. Well, Literally. hey, uh, do you guys see? Speedy Claxton is a real threat. Like if it's with the, the postseason, the postseason comes. Is he? A, is he? A, is he? Do you see him as a guy that can? Hey, I'm gonna protect the rim, and I'm going to, you know, I'm gonna do what I do with the rim on on the offensive side too. Do you, can you take him serious when it's time come postseason? Is this a team that we will see much different from the team that was swept by Boston? Now we saw the Boston Celtics what they done. They beat the Bucks on Christmas Day. They beat them pretty good. But, uh, again, this looks like a different Brooklyn Net team. It's kind of looking like the team we envisioned all along from the jump. And we don't even have Ben Simmons looking like the Ben Simmons that we know. But he is starting to get back to that somewhat. So I'm just wondering, like, do you take those guys seriously, though, enough for – because they are a little small still up front. But they look good. They're playing – they're defending better. They're scoring – Brooklyn, Cleveland. Uh that's a that's a game that's uh we're we're Brooklyn and uh I, I can see Go ahead, Nick. Go I can ahead. tell you the I, I can tell you the signing that Brooklyn needs to make that will fix that will fix those problems and will probably put me over we're, the edge. I bet we're I bet we're on the same page, Nick. I bet you are on the same page. I bet we are. All three of us are. If they win the if they went to China and got Dwight Howard, yeah, I was I right knew it. on with you. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I was it. right on with you. I knew he was going to say it. Yep. And yeah. I, I don't understand why they haven't done it already. That's one of the teams I'm we said. You know, I'm telling you, there's something, 
there's something wrong with that picture. There's something wrong with that picture. Even, something's not right. Because, because, because he's playing weird now? Like the Carmelo Anthony situation, that was weird to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's something worse than that. Whatever it is, it's, it's worse than uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, I don't know, guys, but yeah, that that's crazy. But he definitely should. Where is he playing again, Dwight Howard? In Taiwan. In Taiwan. Taiwan. Yeah. Maybe he'll bring his. Well, I I could go over there and be an all star right now. I'd say. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe he'll work his way I back. Twenty and six tonight. Maybe he'll work his way back to the states, man, and he'll come on and uh, get back. You know, with the, maybe Brooklyn will sign him, man, because that I would be very very comfortable with that then. But remember, remember, guys, I said. During all this turmoil that was going on before the season started, during the offseason, with Kyrie and KD and Nash and I'm trade, I want to be traded. No, I want to be traded. I'm opting in. I'm opting out. I said, hey, this is a great time, the perfect time to put a little some sum, a little change on Brooklyn Knicks. I should have. To win the, to win right the whole right damn there. thing. And now look at how they're looking. Watch out. Watch out. Watch out, C's. Because I know the Celtics are looking like the best team in the league. Damn the East. They're looking like the best team in the league right now. And I was told that Tatum was coming back with a vengeance. But, I I, I, I mean, I'm not seeing anything different, really, though. I thought him and Jalen Brown were great last year. That's why they were in the finals. I just think that they look like they're on a revenge tour. They look like they're running it back. I just – show me that stuff in June, man. I got to see it in June, though. That's when it matters the most. And it just seems like yeah. – when we want to put a team over the over the threshold, hint Celtics, hint Grizzlies, we're ready to do it. The Grizzlies the, give the Warriors credit for saying, wait a minute, hold up. You must have forgot. We're still the granddaddy of them all. We'll see how that continues to go as the season progresses. But um, NBA action. It was good to talk some NBA, some hoops. Brooklyn is Brooklyn is looking better. The Knicks are not a bad team anymore, though. The Cleveland Cavaliers are a viable team in the East. Uh, the Lakers, as we've already discussed, they're not looking so good. Um, at one point they were, and then the next point they're not. It's just too inconsistent, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll see. Uh, who else? The Milwaukee Bucks, they've been looking good too. They're, they're, they're one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. They just ran into the Celtics, and the Celtics got the dub. But we can't mistake Boston or Milwaukee in a coin flip. That's what I think you would have to say on who's going to win the East there. However, T made a great point. The Brooklyn Nets, who I said are looking good, they definitely could get some revenge on both of those teams, Brooklyn and Boston. And I I like their chances in beating them both. I'm I'm not saying I put money on it, but I told you all to do that, though, (laughs) back in July. Um, They did. All right. uh, So, anyway, guys, I don't have anything else. We can about wrap this up. If there's anything that I am missing, man, please speak now. Forever holds your peace. Uh, no, I can't think of anything. Uh, but I just want to ask a quick question. <laughs> Is it just me, or does this football season now all of a sudden seem extremely long? Hmm. Well, I mean, it seemed like it went by pretty fast. Um, but... Yeah, I think that was more you. Well, that was me saying it's just it went me. by fast. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, what, what does it get? It, 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 very, it very well could be. What does it get long to you now? What made it? I don't know. What I don't know gives. because it's, I, I didn't think that they would like have two more games left. It seems like they should. Maybe I'm still stuck on the uh, 16 game schedule, but 
And it just seems like this should be the last week of the season right here. And I think my 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 brain's just programmed that way. I think that's just how uh, I think that's just how bad it is with no Lamar Jackson in in Raven football history country. That's what I think it is. That's, that's what it is. So that feels on the feet, but it, you know, with no Lamar fine, Jackson. Yeah, with no Lamar Jackson, it's like, man, get this shit over with already. That's what I think you that's 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 what I think you've got. You've got no Lamar Jackson syndrome. And I don't blame you one bit. That team is right. that team is hard to I watch without him. Yeah, yeah. That's what I think it is. But hey, it's about to get crucial. We know that. It could be very well uh it, it's long for some, but it could be very well short for others. It all depends. Right. The Carolina Panthers, do they have a shot? At the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they've already got one up on them. And here's the big showdown coming up this week. We're going to talk about all those games, week 17 coming up. We will do that after the big Thursday night game. That's how we're going to ride out for this episode. Thursday night football. Uh, Thursday night football. Titans, Cowboys in Nashville. Uh, that's a day, that's a night where I, whatever I need to do, I need to get out and do it because I know the city will be pretty empty. The streets will be empty. It'll be safe. It won't be that much crime or violence or anything. It's going to be all right because everybody's going to take their ass to Nashville. All the Cowboy fans will be out of Memphis uh, for the for the Monday night, I mean uh, Thursday night football game for the Titans and Cowboys. Has anybody noticed that when the Cowboys are playing, every you can do whatever. It's so peaceful. Yeah. Every, yeah. no, nobody's outside. Nobody's in the streets. Nobody's on 240. I'm telling you, it is. You can hear crickets. And then when the Cowboy game was over with, hey, it's back to money. It's back to murder, money and violence in the city of Memphis. Uh, so what you're saying is that all the criminals in Memphis are Cowboy fans. I think that's what I was trying not to say, but yeah, if you if you read between the lines, I guess that's what I'm saying. I'm not. I don't even mean crime. I just mean it's just always some stuff going on. And it's always jumping. Everything is litty. It's lit everywhere. But when the Cowboys is playing, I don't see or hear anything going on. That's all I'm saying. I, maybe That's I should have just maybe I should have just said the crime part. But it is quiet. You can you can hear you can hear crickets. I'm telling you, man. When the Cowboys are playing, but what, if they're going to they're Nashville, they're all right. They're all right. on cotton. You can hear that too. Yeah, man. What? Yeah, they're going to be in Nashville. So, guys, who y'all got, though? Titans, Cowboys. The Titans just lost to the Houston Texans. And now they're going to yeah. host the, the Cowboys who are coming off of a, a a win, a good win against the Eagles. Yeah, I'm rolling, I'm rolling with the Cowboys there. And I, hey, by, by after halftime, boy, you starters, man. Yeah, wow. Damn. <laughs> and Nick? I'm going Titans because I'm bitter and because uh, – I'd like to see it happen. So, <laughs> what, what, hey, how much of a uh, an honest man? How, how much of a point favorite are the other Titans? Do we know? Uh, the Cowboys. Yeah, I guess I mean, yeah, yeah. The Cowboys. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Let me. I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm going to pull it up real quick. You're fine. You're fine. Um, the, I'm going to tell you what I want. Though. I won't. I won't take those points this time, like I've done the past couple times. Yeah. No. Please don't. Please don't. No, no, no. They won't. They won't get me this time. They got me two weeks in a row with the Texans. I took them with the Cowboys, and I took them uh, with the uh, Chiefs. And uh, Cowboys are definitely favorites. How much? Seven? Ten. 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 I might actually say that. That's a lot of points, guys. <laughs> That's a lot of points. That's a lot of points, man. I know the Titans are the Titans, but man, I'm taking the damn Tennessee Titans to win. And if I did, if even if I don't go Titan on the money line, I'm not taking those points. 
uh, I'll, I'll do the uh, the minus the uh, I'll go with the Titans at plus part. But I, I th this is why I'm picking the Titans one more time. After this, I'm done. The hell with them. After this, hell, they're gonna be done anyway, probably. But yeah, this this much. this is why I think they win. Uh, I think they win because, ladies and gentlemen, the Tennessee Titans have to play. The Tennessee Titans have to play the Jacksonville Jaguars on week in week 18. And that game is going to mean something. It's going to be very, very pivotal. It's going to be a game that is the, the winner gets in. Winner takes all, AFC South. And I'm pretty sure in order for that to be that type of game, for that to be on the line, they're going to – the Titans are going to get a win here. The Jaguars may actually lose a game here because right now they're in the they're in the driver's seat. They actually are the number four seed leading the AFC South. But if they lose, I don't know who their opponent is. It looks like their last two games, we said the last three games where the Jaguars were pretty easy. But I, I, it still doesn't mean that they won't lose. We just saw some crazy games over the weekend. The Packers just beat the Dolphins. I don't know how many people knew that was going to happen. Uh, the Rams just blew out the Broncos. Um, 51 on a team that we thought had a good defense. So, I mean, look, things happen. So, I mean, like I'm just saying, that Week 18 game is what I'm looking at. I was wrong about the Arizona Cardinals. I know I thought the Niners and Cardinal game for Week 18 was going to mean something. It means absolutely nothing. We know that now, and the Cardinals, were, they were terrible this year. Uh, and the Broncos, Russell Wilson and the Broncos were terrible. I, okay, yes, I, I missed on that too. But what I was right about was that the Bengals would not have a Super Bowl hangover, and they didn't. They are good. They're still good, and they look like they could go – they they look like they could go back to the Super Bowl. And the Rams did have the Super Bowl hangover. I was right about that. So I'm just saying that um I think that um I it, it's this, I think the Rams got a little more than a hangover. I mean, I, they got comatose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Right, right, pretty much. I just think in order in, in order for that week eight, 18 game to mean something and I, I I want to go on a limb and say the Titans will win because they've come too far. Why would they do all of this for that Week 18 game to mean nothing now? I mean, three months ago I would say, okay, yeah, I get it. It's nothing. But now it sounds like it's going to be something. So I would say the Titans will probably win. The Jaguars probably will lose their next game just to make this – because the tiebreaker, in order for that – let me see. The, the Titans – Tiebreaker goes to the Jaguars right now. For now. Right now. For now. Because both teams are 7-8. When they play week 18, they both need to be, I guess, the same record then, right? Would they both need to be 8-8? Eight and eight? I mean, uh. uh no, they no. don't have to be. The, uh, either one of those teams could be could be a uh, game behind. Okay. Right. All right. Yes, either one of those teams could be. But it's a, this game is a must win for the Titans because if you go in two games behind, then Jacksonville essentially they can't get it. Yet. They can't get. That's right. That's right. They so can't catch them. That and that's my reason right there. That's why the Titans win. And I only say that because they are playing the Jags on Week 18. In order for that game to mean something, I'm rolling with the Titans, even though it doesn't look like the Titans should win this game at all. But mm -hmm. the fact that it's 10 points that scares me. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys are coming off of a good win. They could very well overlook the Titans. We'll talk about it though after that game immediately. We'll hit you back with a new one on Friday. Uh, Nick, who did you say? Oh, you you was honest. You said you got the Titans, but you gave your reason why. But there's still two Titans. <laughs> there's still two Titans to one one Cowboy, even though we we know that Terrence is the only one being realistic here. 
uh, <laughs> in these predictions. <laughs> <laughs> and we're fine with that, though. Th- Nick is fine think, with it. I think if we've learned nothing else from this NFL season, there's not really such thing as realistic. You're right. You're absolutely right about that, man. Uh, all right, so we pretty much covered everything under the sun in sports, we think, in the NFL and the NBA for sure. Um, now we just wait on these games here. Uh, after we wait on this Thursday night game to see how it's going to go down because that's a interesting game for the, for the Titans and for the Cowboys as well because um, the, the, the Cowboys still have a, a chance to – no, they don't. They can't get three. There's no way they can get three because they're not the division winner. So, yeah, they're, they're screwed either way it goes uh, unless – yeah, that's screwed. Uh, but it's a big game for the Cowboys. I mean, for the Titans. So we'll see how that game goes. Uh, Cowboys at Titans on Thursday night. Prime video. That's all I've got, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we talked about the Brooklyn Nets, uh, the Celtics, the Bucks, the Grizzlies, the Warriors. Man, all these teams, man, in the NBA. And um, that's 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 pretty much all we got for right now. The Broncos looking for a new coach. That's the that's another one. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts, of course, still going to need a head coach. So, you know, hey, these jobs, they're, they're starting to – they're all starting to roll in now. We're all starting to see who's going to – who needs a job, who needs a head coach, I mean, and what coaches out there are going to get these jobs. That will be the interesting part of that process. And we just can't wait to see if some of these black coaches will get uh, the jobs that they deservingly uh, need mm-hmm. or should be getting. On that note, on that note, too, I'm gonna say real quick: if the Panthers find a way to get into the playoffs, they should not conduct a coaching search of any kind. Take the interim tag off Steve Wilkes and move forward. I agree. I agree with that. I agree as well. And I spoke on that um, a few weeks ago, saying that hey, he's doing a pretty good job for someone who's Even traded if they away. Don't make the playoffs at this point. I was about to say they can do it now. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. They, I agree. They can do it now, really, at this point, the way they the way they close the season. I would say that they are considering him. Yeah, I would say they are considering him. But in order for them to just not look into any, no interviews, no nothing, we're going to make you the coach. I think they would definitely have to go ahead and get this division and get into the playoffs. I do think that would have to happen. Uh, But I do agree with you guys. Do it now. I'm cool with doing it now. But you know, you know how it goes. Um, Oh, oh, yeah. And and last but not least, there are a lot of. tension a lot of tension we, we've known this but they're finally coming out with the reports now that uh there's probably going to be a divorce here between cliff with Cl- cliff kingsbury and Kyler murray and we know Kyler murray with his contract that he just signed just like russell wilson probably can't get the boot but the damn head coach can just like nathaniel hackett did in denver it's probably going to be the, the end of the road the last two games here for cliff kingsbury would you all say so yes there's all yep Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised he wasn't first. But Nathaniel Hackett, uh, hey, when that when that team comes out and they give you that that I quit game, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. when 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 Helen Hart throws that towel in, man, you gotta uh, you gotta go on and, and get the coach out of there, and and, and the towel was definitely drawn in. Those mm-hmm. players have had enough. Yeah, it was time. Yeah, that was I quit match. You're right too. And they they definitely got the mic. Did, did you get that reference? I got. Oh yeah, of course. Nick, Nick, did you get it? I think I might have missed that one. He missed that one. That's okay. I didn't expect you. That's okay. Say say it again. I didn't say it again. I said when when Helen Hart throws that towel in, you got to go on and fire your coach. Yeah, no, I didn't see that. It's okay. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) Hey, man, look, this (laughs) (laughs) this has been a good one. (laughs) This has been a good one, guys. Uh, Good stuff. Talking about everything that uh, 
that we thought was interesting uh, for that part, uh, for that matter here in the NFL and the NBA. Playoffs uh, are coming. They're on their way. Uh, the Bengals still winning. They're still hot. 49ers and still winning, still hot. I told you the Bengals and 49ers, they've been kind of winning together here. Keep in mind, they're still doing it. Um, I don't know. That's that's pretty much it. The Washington Commanders are trying to get in. They they, they can't afford to lose anymore, though. They, they got to get it going. Green Bay's definitely making it interesting. Uh, yeah, we covered it all, man. Uh, Titans-Cowboys, Thursday night. Cowboys, they supposed to handle business, but, hey, those guys in Tennessee got to tighten up. We'll see how it goes, man. A lot, a lot of fire on the Titans, man. Boy, boy, boy. Uh, Malik Willis is his is his train. We got to see. His, he's going to operate it a lot more better. All right, we got to get out of here. Uh, you know what? Yeah, that's something we will get at to after that game, especially, man. You're right, Nick. Mike Vrabel's seat. Nick just said that it should be getting hot. Yeah, I agree. The GM is already out of there. Head coach could be next. You know, I can see Amy Adams saying, we thank you for what you've done. Thank you for your services, but we'll take it from here. We wish you the best in your future endeavors. <laughs> Which is also a wrestling reference that Nick, yeah. I'm sure, didn't get. Nah, he did. He did. No, Laurinaitis. Nah, Will Sasha Banks show up in AEW? Man, we got some interesting stuff to talk about that on the wrestling episode. Uh, I'm hearing more and more stuff about the New Japan Pro Wrestling she'll be doing on January 4th. Sasha Banks, former WWE superstar, I mean wrestler or whatever they're calling it these days. She could be in AEW. Uh, same thing for Naomi. It's possible she could be there. What about, what's her name? Um, the one who got fired from WWE. Um, um, Mandy Rose. Uh, yeah, I heard Mandy Rose. Rose is leaning more towards Impact. Um, I think that uh, Warner Brothers that might prevent her from going to AEW because they're trying to kind of clean things up over there. Uh huh. And 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 Mandy Rose is clearly not trying to do anything clean. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and I am all for that. However, uh huh. Um, it's looking like Impact might be the one that she might end up end up with. Uh huh. Gotcha. Yeah, that's not a bad choice though. I think she could definitely be dominant. And they'll oh, give her go a over there good, and be dominant. Yeah, 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 make her look real good. Put her the hell over for real. That'll be good. That'll be a good yeah. look. I heard that she may actually say screw all of this and go back to WWE. Like uh, I heard that too. So who knows? I mean, sometimes you just the big dog is the big dog. Jim Cornette doesn't um, he doesn't advise or so he suggested no AEW women's wrestler should think about following Mandy Rose's footsteps. <laughs> you know, uh, as far as you know what she did, even though Tony Khan is. He lets them do a lot of third party things, you know. But mm -hmm. you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. Well, they have to, but they don't make enough. They um, you know, they don't they don't have the business schedule like they do with WWE. That's so true. They have to, That's true. They have and to work extra events and some of them are on contracts and some of them are just on appearance appearance deals. You know, I mean, appearance they yeah, get paid right, by appearances. Right, exactly. Like like Sasha Banks is doing for this New Japan Pro Wrestling thing. A lot of people yeah. though, T thinks that uh, Tony Khan is doing his best to keep this one a secret, but he has Sasha Banks in the bag. I don't know how true that is. Uh, I, I think I, I'm kind of with Dave Meltzer. It could be the best kept secret in AEW, but if it was going to happen, I think they'd be hyping up the January 11th show a lot more than what they're doing so far. Now they well, do have. I, I think it, I think it could. They could go both ways. They could be a, the best kept, kept secret from both sides. Could um, be. Wouldn't be surprised if it's either way. You're right. You're right about that. Could be. Yeah, Triple H. Triple H has been really consistent about trying to keep things secret. Yeah, uh, yeah, since he's kind of taken over, so I wouldn't be surprised. You never know, man. 
Uh, you never know. You never know. And, but the Mandy Rose thing, I'm hearing it's his first fumble since he's tucking over. And, you know, there's going to be some hiccups. You can't – you're not perfect. You're not going to get everything right. But a lot of yeah, people seem yeah, to think that, that yeah, was a fumble. And I'm, and I'm with you. They should have they kept her. But I also think it's policy. Um, I don't agree with the policy. I think sometimes you – and I say this a lot of the times. You have to choose policy over people. I mean, you have to choose people over policy sometimes. Right, right. Um, yeah, you know, there you go. Sit down with Mandy Rose. Hey, suspend her until y'all can – Talk about what happened, um, you know, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So just, you know, just a, a few wrestling tidbits that I thought I would throw out there. And uh, CM Punk, you know, still nobody knows about him, but there's some more things that shows us that he actually could still be AEW or him and FTR are going to reunite together in WWE. Dax Harwood was saying some things on his podcast talking about how he, you know, misses Punk and he misses Cody and he wants to wrestle with Cody again soon. Eh, sounds like he's going back to WWE. We'll see. Anyway, that's all we've got for the show right now. It's been good. It's been real. Again, hope everybody enjoyed their holidays and we've got, you know, hope they have a good week leading up until the new year. Uh, that's it for us. The Eagles and 49ers and the Cowboys. Everybody still thinks those are the top three just because the Vikings lost to the Cowboys and the Eagles, but the Vikings still look like a team that could beat all three of them offensively. Yeah. So that's why we wanted to talk about them also. And then there's the AFC. Who knows? Who knows? Sky's the limit with the Dolphins. They're starting to slip. The Ravens, uh, watch out. They, they're in now. So that's all that matters. Like TC, They're in now. Regardless of how they look, they're in. Uh, Titans, Cowboys, Thursday night. That's it. It's been good. Uh, we'll be back on Friday. Hope everybody uh, enjoys the, the the snow that we've been kind of getting on and off here in the Mid South. And uh, but stay warm and stay safe. Get on. Right, peace out, guys.